Welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday the 14th of January 2017. Well, the good news is I finally got my new book started. I really was a bit unsure when I recorded the diary last week whether I'd I'd get there this week, and I'm delighted to announce that I have. And now I've broken the soil on the new story. I know I'll be good to go now. And when I was writing today, I thought, yeah, yeah, I've got this now. This will be fine. So 5,000 words written today. It's called Dead of Night, and it's going to be a 50,000-word freebie which leads readers into my Don't Tell Meg series. Now, all of those books are pretty substantial. They're 80,000, 90,000 words. So I didn't really want to give one of them away for free as as, as kind of leads bait. So I'm writing a 50,000-word freebie. And frankly, this 50,000-worder, if I wanted it to, could be 90,000 words. So it's going to be quite a discipline for me to keep it really short and, and sharp and you know don't develop too many themes or, or go off anywhere um, and just tell a story within 50,000 words. But I got so excited today. Um, usually I write my books in um, 1.5K, 1.5K and 2K blocks when I'm writing. So I write 5,000 words in a day. But I was so excited to write the beginning of the story that I uh, just sat down and write 2,000 words in an hour straight off. So you can tell I was pretty enthusiastic to get started with this. But oh, dearie me, I've been tossing ideas around in my head well, all over sort of Christmas and New Year. I've got lots of ideas, but I kind of want to wake up with that idea or I want to rush to my computer to start the story because I I just can see it and I'm so enthusiastic about it. And I finally, was it Wednesday morning? Might have been Tuesday, Wednesday morning. I finally, I was laying in bed, you know, mulling over ideas. um, And four o'clock in the morning this was, which is usually when I'm working out my writing. And I just kind of got the idea. And it had actually been been a, a germ of an idea that I'd had Um, you know, a week or so ago, but I just, um, it all just came together when I was laying in bed there, just thinking it through. So I've got the idea now, got the first 5,000 words written, very, very happy um, with that, because now I know I've started, I know I'm kind of into my writing um, for the year. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to have plotting problems, but I know I've got a story there now that I can work with for 50,000 words. So just to remind you, if you're new to this process, when I write, I use Scrivener to write, and to make my process even better. What I've done is I've set up templates in Scrivener, which um, reflect the Save the Cat uh, synopsis for a story. Now, in Save the Cat, which is a book I I highly recommend that you read, uh, the author, who is Blake Schneider, outlines the beat sheet, as he calls it, for a story. And I've heard so much about this beat sheet now that I'm, I'm, I've read this book all the way through and highlighted it. And I'm now working to Blake Schneider's beat sheet. Now, this is uh, primarily for scripts, for movies, but it actually works just as well for books. So what I've done in, in Scrivener is I've created um, templates in Scrivener for 50K books. I think it's 75K and 90K books, um, the length of book that I write. And I've adapted the beat sheet so I know where all the key points are in the story depending on how long it is. I've also brought in some resources I need to to jog my memory when I'm writing all books and I formatted all the chapter pages as well. So all I got to do when I'm writing a new story is open that template, save as with 
whatever the title of the story is, and off I go. I'm not recreating Scrivener scripts all the time. So I've simplified my process doing that. I'm using the Novel Factory, which is my favourite plotting factory. And as soon as I got the story, I know when I got a good story because I'm there and I'm looking for photographs um, to, I always like to put photographs to my characters, uh, to envisage them uh, occasionally as real people. Um, but, but sometimes as film stars, it just helps me to describe them and imagine what they're like. So I've used the novel factory for that, which is what I always do. And then to focus my time, I've used the results machine, which is a bit of software that, um, I use for, for, for very focused writing time. So you may have heard of the Pomodoro technique, which generally uses very short sprints of focused time with no distractions. So the phone gets unplugged, the, the emails don't get looked at, no social media gets looked at. Um, I use the results machine for a, a slightly different version of the Pomodoro technique, and I don't have any trouble uh, concentrating for an hour. And so I, I do my writing in an hour, an hour, and an hour and a half stint. And that gives me my 5,000 words every day. And I just entirely focus on the writing in those stints. And that's how I get my books done. Now, um, the results machine isn't called the results machine anymore. But what I will do is I'll put a link to that software on the resources page for this podcast diary. So that if you want to check that out and give it a try, you can. Uh, I booked in my editor, Helen Fazal, for the end of March. She was just saying that she's got a book coming in that she thinks will be late. She, she can squeeze me in. Um, at the end of March. I'm going to try and have this book done. Up comes the uh, the agenda, the planning agenda off my wall. I reckon, I always say, you know, if I don't get knocked down a bus or anything like that, I should have this written, wait for it, by the 3rd of March, I reckon. So Helen can have it, I think she was after it, sort of last week of March. So 3rd of March, if, if everything goes to plan, you know, there are no crises or anything like that. If I hit all my writing days, we should have that 50k book written by the 3rd of March and you could hear everything on this podcast diary including the problems uh you know the plot crises <laughs> everything that goes wrong with it if it does and everything goes right with it too I will be sharing on these podcast diaries so if you want to follow me through as a write please do and then at least again you can compare your experiences with mine and we'll see how we both get on and if you want to just tell me about your experiences that would be great I'd love to hear all about it I was talking last week about trying to use my second author name, P. Teague, uh, which I have been using for fiction for the last couple of years. But I have to say, it's not looking good. It's all gone a bit quiet with Amazon. And I don't think I'm going to be able to get rid of those annoying sellers who are listing my nonfiction books at ridiculous prices. So you know, what I may do is um, a couple of th- something else has happened, which I'll tell you about later this week. And I may revamp those non-fiction titles there's not a chance of that happening until after April I have a ridiculous diary up to March I really am quite stuffed for time up to March and then after April things free up and the reason for that is because I got this overlap of three books that I produced at the end of last year and I got to get those out and published and at the same time I'm trying to very rapidly write this 50,000 word book so I'm really stuffed for time, frankly, uh, but that's just that's just the way it is. After April, that time will free up. I've got fewer commitments uh, then. I'm just into this kind of one book at a time because I'm writing standalones after this series. So um, I think I will come back to the non-fictions. I probably will revamp the non-fictions because I don't want that name to just sit there unloved and unused. And I'll tell you why 
I think it's probably worth me doing some non-fiction a little bit later in this diary. Um, so I'm stuck with what's my name going to be? And I said to my wife, I got this idea of Adam Nichols, you know, use my wife's uh, initials. So uh, when I got the covers, I put PFT. It doesn't look very good. It, it doesn't work. My my dad's initials, my dad isn't with us anymore, but I thought well, that would be a quite nice thing to do. RP Teague, I think, works as author initials. So I may go with my dad's initials, because it still has a P for Paul in there as well. It was Richard Patrick with my dad. Um, but I thought, well, that would be a nice thing. But um, PF just doesn't look good. So I, I apologised to my wife and said, no, it just doesn't look good on the page. So I, I need to find some initials that work for me, for my for my thrillers. Um, interesting, I used Adam Nichols' book designer this week for three covers. Now, the book designer is listed as Lisa Book on Fiverr. I've put the link on the resources page for this podcast diary. And you'll have heard me, you know, moaning about how much I've been paying for covers. And Adam was getting these great covers done and they were costing him nothing at all. So I thought, I've got to give this a try. I really have to give this a try because if I, I want quality covers, of course I do. But if I can get the price down, um, you know, I've got to pay for an edit. That's a very, very time consuming job. If I can get good covers at a decent price, um, then that's going to really help the kind of budgeting when I'm releasing books. It helps me release books faster because I have fewer expenses uh, in the process. So what I did, I always like to just make sure that, um, you know, the copyright's good on the images. So I bought the images off Photolia, which is where I, I prefer to get my images from. So I've got the images, large images with the correct licensing to allow me to use them on covers. I sent those to um, a Fiverr well, Lisa book on Fiverr, I did some mock-ups in Canva and said, look, this is what I'm after. Just do it well, please, with a designer's eye. And that's exactly what I got back. I paid, I think it was about, well, it's £40 because I always like to tip people on uh, Fiverr. So I think it was 26 quid, and I, I, I tipped something like $15, which is only about 10 quid, um, because I think it had unlimited revisions on there, and I went back three times. I, you know, I don't, I like to have a good relationship with contractors. I don't want them to feel that I'm always squeezing them for that little bit more. I want them to feel that there's some joy and profit in the deal when they work with me. So I, I did tip. So all in all, it cost me 40 quid. Now, if you compare the fact that I had budgeted 1,000, how much was it? Uh, two, 1,200 I'd, I'd budgeted for covers. And I, I'm happy with these covers. I'm launching with them. Um, so um, that saved me a fortune. So I'm very happy to leave a tip and I'm going to be using this book cover designer again. And in actual fact, what I'm going to do, if I do relaunch my non-fictions, which I'm fairly sure I will do now as I can't release that name for the thrillers, um, I'm going to um, get some decent covers done with the same uh, designer and I'm going to give the, the books sexier names. So at the moment, they're completely un, un-scammy. And by scammy, I just mean, you know, hypey. They're unhypey. That's a better word for it. Um, so they're really, really boring titles. <laughs> I think it's like using WordPress for business, you know, using Facebook for business, which were most, you know, ooh, titles on earth. But um, I think that was just a reaction against the internet marketing that I'd done. But I'm going to probably, you know, give them some beefed up titles like WordPress Ignition, Facebook Ignition. I like the word Ignition. So um, it's going to be something like that. And I get some nice uh, covers done that have, I don't know, you know, some uh, round bomb that you might see in a kid's comic, you know, with a fuse lit on it, something like, you know, the sort of thing. But I, I'm going to make it look um, much more salesy and see if I, I can shift some of those non-fictions because there aren't an awful lot of changes to do. I just didn't really have a lot of will to do it this year. But I think by the time we get to April and I've I've cleared a lot of this stuff that I've got in this first quarter, I think I'll probably 
quite actually fancy the palate cleanser of doing some non-fiction. So that's the rough plan um, at the moment. And I've put, by the way, the covers that Lisa Book did, I've put those images um, on the resources page for this podcast diary. This weekend, having feeling quite elated actually that I've got those first 5,000 words written today, I'm going to be creating the, the EPUB and Moby files for Don't Tell Meg and The Murder Place. Now, these books have had you know, my proofing and reading. They've been to Helen Vizal. I've gone through them with a fine-tooth comb, and they've had a final read by Helen Vizal. So these are good to go now. Um, so I, I need to create the, the, the files for these. And if I put them on pre-release, then I'll, I'll make those um, pre-release pages go live too. Now I've got the covers. I'm, I'm kind of good to go. So um, again, if I put them on pre-release, I've got to decide whether I'm going for an April release when the shorter book's done as well. So I've I got to figure all these things out. But um, either way, I'm, I'm working on the, the Kindle listings already. i just got to decide what the date is and what the author name is. And um, I'll decide when to, to, to make those go live. Um, one of the things that I got and was reminded by when I interviewed John Cronshaw, who is Monday's podcast guest, is that you can actually put books into Kindle Scout and, um, you know, whilst I don't have massive expectations of anything in Kindle Scout, that's just the way it goes. Uh, you know, I always feel these things don't tend to happen to people like me. But, you know, I'm, I keep going on. I'm going to put it into Kindle Scout, I think, because it gives me 45 days before I launch. And even if I launch, it takes 45 days for the Kindle Scout process to go through. I haven't done it before, so I'm learning. Uh, but I think it's 45 days reading the bump. Um, I got plenty of time, even if I launch... In, at the end of March to get that 45 days squeeze through. So I think I'm going to put Don't Tell Meg on, on Kindle Scout and just see what happens and, and see if it dies a death or see if we get any joy from that. So again, you know, you always hear it on this podcast and the, 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 the book of this quarter is Brian Trace's flight plan, which is always about that we know where we're heading, but we have to make course corrections all the time. And the whole point of this diary is hopefully that you hear me doing all the dithering and you hear me thinking aloud about what's going on, but you also see the results that I get from that, which are pretty well always the results that I say I'm looking for, which is obviously to, to write and publish the books. So that's my, my writing and editing process this week. But to summarise that and to pull that all together, I'm just so happy that I'm writing again now. And I've I've finally made a start for 2017. On to other news now. And I've bought Vellum this week. Um, I think it's something like, I can't remember if it's dollars or pounds, but I think if you format one book with Vellum, it's £29.99 or dollars, whatever it is. I think it's dollars, actually. And and I just thought, you know, I've, I'm hearing so many people talk about Vellum. Um, somebody was talking about it on Joanna Penn's podcast this week, and I hear uh, you know other podcast hosts who use Scrivener to write as I do, saying that they use Vellum to format their books. And I've had a look at it, and I thought, do you know what? You know, rather than mess around buying maybe two books and then buying the software at full price, I just thought, you know, it's a hundred. Well, I think it's two hundred dollars, which is kind of you know however many pounds that is, hundred and whatever it is pounds. I've only got a format. Five books, then we're good to go in Vellum. And, and I had a little play with it before I bought it. And I thought, this is good. I like this. It's very straightforward. I'm going to go with this. So I've, I've bought Vellum to enable me to format my next four books. And, I, and if I like it that much, I might go back and do the old ones with it too. Now, much as I love Scrivener for you know planning and, and organizing my book and writing the book, I really don't like it for uh, formatting. It's a pain in the butt, frankly. Uh, you know, it's overcomplicated. Um, and, and I've just been struggling with something today. And I think, geez, can we not make this 
easier please guys it's a great bit of software so i'm really ready for something like vellum now how are you using vellum paul if you are a dedicated pc user well i want to share a secret with you um, whenever i need access to a piece of mac software and, and we do have a mac in the house actually it's the macbook pro whatever it is macbook pro does that sound right it's the macbook sort of laptop thing that i bought four or five years ago when I was thinking, oh, I better get into Macs. I bought it. I struggled with it for six months and I hated it. And eventually I gave it to my wife and I got one of the PC I've got now, which I'm very, very happy with. I went back to PCs, but I hated Macs. I don't get on with them at all. So my wife has the, the most souped up Facebook surfing machine on earth, a very expensive Facebook surfing machine. You know, she'd be quite fine on a MacBook, not on a MacBook, on a Chromebook at a fraction of the price, but she's got my cast off um, MacBook Pro. So although we do have a Mac in the house, I don't want to use it. So um, I found out a way of getting around that. And I use a bit of software. Well, it's not software, actually. It's a service called Mac in Cloud. I'll put a link to this on the resources page. And what it does is it lets you use a Mac virtually. So you log on through a screen on your PC and you see a Mac screen. But obviously, you don't have Mac software. You're using a, a virtual Mac machine. And you have your own dedicated area on that Mac machine. So you can put Dropbox on it. You can download a bit of software on there. And I use the pay-as-you-go option. So I think I can't remember how much I load it up with. Usually, is it 30 hours on pay-as-you-go? I think that's the least you can put on it. And I just have 30 hours on pay-as-you-go. I think you've got, uh, I think it's 60 days to use it when you put a credit on pay-as-you-go. And and you're good to go. So what I've done is I've I've put Vellum on a virtual machine I don't own, and when I need to use it, I log in through my PC using Mac in Cloud, and then it allows me to format my book. So um, it's worked very well for me, and it means I don't have to own a Mac, <laughs> which is a blessing for me because I really don't get on with I, uh, with Apple products. So um, my one tip, if you try this and give it a, take it out for a spin, my tip is to set up a Dropbox folder that's mirrored on your PC and on your Mac in cloud virtual area. And that way you could just move files in between the areas. That's that's my, my top tip for you. Because otherwise it's going to get a little bit complicated. So just set up a Dropbox on both accounts, one folder, drop your files in on your PC and then they'll materialize. They'll just magically appear in your Mac in cloud area and it will save you a lot of toing and froing. Um, but that's that's how I'm going to be doing it. And I've bought the software now to enable me to do that. I'll let you know how I get on when I properly format my first books, which I shall be doing this weekend probably. Last week, I said I was messing around with websites. It's been a real frustrating week, actually, um, you know, with websites. And um, I, I curse the time I spend messing around with these websites, having set them up, because, uh, you know, I think this is not a good use of my time doing this. Um, but if you were listening last week, you'll know that I was messing around with um, Amazon hosting. And I'd put some trial sites on Amazon to see whether the speed and the cost of putting WordPress sites on Amazon is it S2, S3? No, it was EC2, Amazon EC2 hosting. There are all sorts of weird names for these things. Um, was was going to be more cost-effective than me paying for SiteGround sites because I was beginning to pay quite a lot for SiteGround. Um, basically, um, Amazon gives me projections of what it's going to cost, and, and I'd put various sites on, and the costs were the same as SiteGround. So I just thought, oh, for goodness sake, okay, Fine, we won't use Amazon then if that's going to be the case. Might bearing in mind I'm putting ten sites on there, it's not going to be any price difference, so I might as well keep them on site ground. So I, then I thought, well, do you know what? A cheaper way of doing this is for me to split my 
10, 11, whatever it is, websites I've got over two basic site ground accounts. That's a better way of doing it. And then I can move, <laughs> these are the thoughts of a madman. I can, I can move the sites between the two hosting accounts to make sure that I'm not kind of overstretching my, my resources and, and getting charge extra. And I'm only I'm barely exceeding the resources on, on the one account. So I thought two accounts will do it. And it's cheaper than having one of these, um, what is it, virtual servers that I they, they'd moved me up to on SiteGround. So oh, it's been causing all sorts of technical issues. So if you, you know, if you go to pulte.net, if you go to pulte.co.uk, there's nothing there at the moment. I've just had a lot of faffy issues this week. And uh, I, I'm not at my best when I'm dealing with issues like this because I just think, you know, this is not productive time. This is me messing around with stuff that was already all right before I started playing with it. So not very happy with that at the moment, but I'm hoping I'll get it settled down, um, you know, in between other things at the weekend. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, had a great consultation with Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting last Sunday. Now, um, if, if you are interested in podcasting and, and involved in it or thinking of doing it, there are kind of um, pretty well three guys in the game, the, the, the main guys in the game. And they're John Lee Dumas, who I love and, and like, uh, Dave Jackson, and the other guy, <laughs> whose name I've forgotten completely. Um, the, the other guy, oh, Cliff, Cliff Ravenscroft, Craft, Croft, something like that. Cliff Ravenscroft, I think it is. Craft, one of those. Um, and, and they all know their stuff with podcasts. And uh, Dave is kind of the one I've settled on as my kind of guru, my, my go-to guy. Um, but they're all, they're all great. They all know their stuff. Um, and I listen to Dave's School of Podcasting every week. And uh, Dave made an offer. I can't remember when it was before Christmas, and I got a, a you know a cut price consultation session. And I've wanted to have an expert like Dave, you know, sit over my podcast and review it and tell me the good and the bad, you know, warts and all. And we did that last Sunday. It was a really useful um, session for me. I mean, basically, what I was saying to Dave is, you know, I've been doing this podcast nearly a year. The year anniversary is coming up. I ain't gonna flog a dead horse. You know, if this, if I, if I, if this thing doesn't, if nobody wants this thing, then. Um, I, I, I'm busy. I got other things to do, so I, I'll close it when we when we hit the year. And I was just asking him, you know, I was saying, you know, we 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 get a reasonable amount of downloads. It's like slightly below average rather than above average. Um, and the big issue for me is, although I can see from my stats that I'm being downloaded, um, there's not a lot of to and fro between you and me. You don't sort of contact me very much on the podcast, you know, you don't, uh, or on Twitter or anything like that. And and so. Um, it doesn't feel like there's anybody out there from my point of view. So if there's no kind of demand or appetite for what I'm doing, well, then it's probably time to to, to wrap it up when we get to the year and to try something different. Now, I, I want to keep doing um, a podcast or I want to do a podcast of some sort, but it might not be this one. This this one might not be the right one for me to do. Um, and, and I'm just considering that at the moment because we get to the year anniversary on, he says, looking at his schedule, it's April sometime. And that's when I will continue or pull it. Uh, the 3rd of April is the one-year anniversary of this podcast. In actual fact, when we hit the one-year anniversary, um, we'll have hit 100 episodes. So I'll have done 100 episodes. If you count all the bits and pieces, as well as the weekly episodes, it'll be 100 episodes. And that, you know, that feels like a pretty good point at which to wind um, something up, if I am going to wind it up. So um, I wanted to talk to Dave because I wanted to get an expert view and say, you know, how would you improve it? What would you do? What tips have you got? And I have to say that talking to Dave, you know, really kind of reinvigorated my um, enthusiasm. Not, not, enthusiasm is not the right word. 
my hopes for the podcast, I think, because I, I am enthusiastic about the podcast. I love doing the podcast, and I hope that comes over in the interviews of these diaries. Um, but, but you know, when you push it against the door that's closed, sometimes you have to say, do you know what? I'm going to go around the back. I'm going to go a different way. And um, so he gave me lots and lots of tips. Um, and, you know, when somebody gives you tips and you think, you know, do you do a Homer Simpson moment and you think, you know, Dave, absolutely, you're absolutely right with that. And, and I, I missed that one completely. I got a whole load of tips. They're on my board here. I've done a, a couple of them uh, this week, but I, I need to sit down and work through them. And I will work through them so that I give myself plenty of time with Dave's advice um, before that year anniversary comes up, just to, to give it a real good go before I you know, consider either continuing or, or closing it. And actually, with that in mind... I've actually reached out to two other podcast hosts who are doing writing podcasts this week. And they're about the same age of podcast as me. We're all kind of newbies at it, really. We're all, we're all three of us trying to get our podcast going. And certainly me and, and one of the other podcast hosts is, is considering whether to keep the podcast going or, or, or to close it. So I suggested, why don't we have a little informal mastermind chat on Skype? And just see if we can exchange what's working for us, what isn't working for us, you know, the things that have got more audience response. And maybe, um, if everybody agrees to this, we can cross-promote each other so that we can move our audiences around. So going to try, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the time between now and the end of April, in this quarter of the year, going to try some other things to try and re, re, not reinvigorate the podcast, but try and get more listeners into the podcast and more engagement into the podcast. And again, a lot of this is just learning, you know, it's figuring it out as you go along. So I really appreciate Dave's input. And if you are thinking of doing a podcast or if you, you're doing one already and you want some advice, please listen to the School of Podcasting. It's one of my essential uh, podcast listens every week. Dave's very entertaining. He's been doing it. He's about 500 and something episodes. It's amazing. How do you do a podcast that long? Well, that's how long Dave's been doing his, that he really knows his stuff. So please check him out. I really like his show. I've been up to my ears with uh, podcast interviews this week. Um, I interviewed Russell Holden, who's a book designer. Russell is actually somebody I know through my local work. He's a, he's a local book designer. And um, I was doing some, some, some business support work with Russell uh, a month or so ago before Christmas and said, will you, will you come on the podcast? Because he's doing, some, he's doing some great book designing stuff and he's listed on Readsy. So he's another local author that I've got on to chat to me about his work and some really interesting stuff in there, by the way. Uh, Wendy Scott, who is a fantasy, romance and children's author. Imagine mixing all those things up. You don't want to get your romance and your children's mixed up. Um, Wendy's talking about uh, her writing, how she got into self-published publishing and how she keeps things you know going and makes the sales and I also spoke to Ron Vital who is a fantasy and sci-fi author now you may have heard me talking about Ron earlier in these diaries Ron wrote a brilliant post uh, it was his indie author 2016 review it's very very honest about how much he's earning and how much he's spending as a, a, a sort of not, not a struggling but a new indie author trying to break through it's a very very interesting interview uh, with Ron that's coming up in a few weeks time and uh, Marita King, who I spoke to uh, last night at the time of recording this, Marita is a science fiction novelist. I came across Marita because she'd done a brilliant article on how to solve your EIN number problem. This is getting taxed in America. So I reached out to Marita, thanked her for writing the article and said, actually, you've got a really interesting story to tell. Will you join me on the podcast? And I chatted to Marita last night, really, really enjoyed that. And I'm going to share something. When it, uh, Marita's not um, scheduled till about March sometime, I'm really quite a long way ahead with these interviews at the moment. But Marita's ri written the most powerful uh, piece about being an indie author, you know, desperately uh, struggling 
to have that breakthrough and that success. And I'm going to share that and talk about that in the interview. It's very, very powerful. If you're struggling with being an indie author and wondering if you'll ever get a breakthrough with it, do make sure you're listening to Marita. It's very, very strong stuff. And I also got, um, every now and then we have, you know, celebrities, uh, and I use, you know, inverted, what is it, inverted commas, quote marks, whatever they are. Um, I'm a writer, I should know this. Um, this is why I have an editor. And um, I've got an interview booked with Angie Marsons, who is like one of these sensations at the moment. She's with Bookature, who I'm really interested in as a company. They're doing amazing things. They primarily just focus on, on e-books. They do do um, sort of on-demand paperbacks, but primarily they're a, an e-book marketer. Or they know how to market and they know how to shift books. And Angie Marsons is shifting books by the bucket load. Now, I had an interview book with Angie before Christmas. She had to cancel for personal reasons. And I was so happy when she emailed me the other day out the blue and she'd booked in an appointment and said, let's do this, which is fantastic. So I'm going to put Angie on the first year anniversary of the show um, to hear her story. Now, like everybody in in, in our what we're doing, she's had her struggles, she's had her frustrations, but now she's really cooking on gas with Bookature. Um, she's an amazing breakthrough author, and we'll be hearing her story. I think it'll be about, well, it's going to be April now. I know this sounds ridiculous in January talking about these dates, but I really, I've had a really good flurry recording guests recently. So I think that's when we'll schedule that one. It's another busy news week. Um, you wouldn't believe that I'm working for somebody else three days a week, would you, with all this news going on? Um, but also, um, I, I've been talking to Orna Ross at the Alliance of Independent Authors, Ally, uh, another highly recommended resource. I'm a member of Ally, and if you're an independent author, please join Ally. It's a beautiful source of, of um, information and support and advice. But um, I'm actually getting more closely involved with Ally. I've done a couple of um, training days for their indie author fringes, which they hold three times a year. And um, I was really, really delighted that Orna reached out to me. And, and fortunately, they, they like what I do with my, my online training. And um, I'm going to be doing a couple of things with the Alliance of Independent Authors. Um, first of all, I am going to be presenting a self-publishing Q&A session with Orna on, at the time of recording this, January the 17th, 2017. That's Tuesday. Uh, and that's going to be an hour-long live. I think I've got to be on a video, for goodness sake. No normally, when I do presentations, you, you only just hear me. I don't go on the screen. There's a very good reason why I worked in radio for 20 years and not uh, TV. Uh, so I don't usually go on the screen. So I think I've got to be on a webcam for this one. So I'll, I'll have to sort of get a makeup artist and, and, and put myself in soft focus or whatever you need to do uh, for these things. But uh, I'm really looking forward to that. A little bit nervous about it because, um, you know, people are asking me questions. Now, I know I've self-published now, well... We're getting on to 16, we're coming up to 17 books. Um, so I, I kind of ought to know my stuff. Uh, but, um, you know, it's still a little bit nerve-wracking. So we'll see how that goes. That's 17th of January. But also, uh, more exciting as well, is that Orna's asked me to produce an exclusive series of training videos which are going to be made avail available to um, Alliance of Independent Author members. And in exchange for that, the Alliance of Independent Authors, I'm going to give um, members a 50% discount off my self-publishing academy, which is a totally comprehensive, you know, A to Z training program that I've produced, um, showing you exactly what to do, absolutely everything to do with um, independent uh, publishing and self-publishing. So it's going to drive traffic to my offer as well. So I'm really, really pleased about that, that, you know, just doing those initial videos has led to this uh, connection. I'm hoping that 
this will be an ongoing involvement with the Alliance of Independent Authors. I really can't think of a better organisation to be aligned with as a self-published author um, in the UK. And again, if you haven't checked them out, please check out the Alliance of Independent Authors. They're known as Ally, A-L-L-I. But you really need to be a member of that organisation if you're a self-published author, wherever you are in the world. It's it's UK-based, but actually it has members all over the world. That's another 30 minute for this podcast diary. Sorry that they're going on so long, but I hope it's packed with useful thoughts, tips and information for you. I'll be back next Saturday with another diary. But also we've got another podcast episode coming up on Monday, which is going to be the 16th of January. And my guest on Monday's show is John Cronshaw. John's another uh, local author, somebody that I met when I was doing some self-publishing teaching in Carlisle. And I got chatting to John and and John was really interested because John is doing all the right things. He's getting ready to launch a trilogy, a dystopian sort of sci-fi-ish trilogy. He's a brand new author in that he hasn't self-published in this way before. I think he's got a a book that he self-published before, but it, it, it didn't have any success. So in effect, he's a brand new author. He's immersed himself in learning and podcasts and books, and he's doing a proper launch formula so as a brand new unknown author I said to when we met can I touch base with you can we talk about it before the launch maybe during and after the launch so that you can hear from a brand new author who hasn't sort of got a silver spoon in his mouth he hasn't got any mates who are going to be sending you know loads of web traffic to his his books he's like you and me he's trying to get it going on his own but he's using a lot of best practice Um, in in independent publishing I thought he's going to be a great case study for us to follow got a great interview with John he made me remember and think about a lot of things as well it's why I'm actually going to be using Kindle Scout it was it was John who reminded me of that I I knew about it but I hadn't used it and had forgotten about it so um, great interview on Monday John Cronshaw that's Monday the 16th of January and I'll be back with another podcast diary next Saturday thanks for listening to Paul's podcast diary Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.